Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. And yes, you astute listeners will have caught a little hesitation there because I forgot which of my many podcasts this was. So I had to get my brain caught up. Uh, Allow me to introduce uh, one of the greatest men of this or any generation, Brian Johans. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. I wasn't expecting that. And then there's John Johnston. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, some, John, how are some you, sir? nasally voiced pipsqueak on, on this podcast with you guys that have the radio voice going. Well, <sighs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you what my dad told me when I was getting into radio. You know, a lot of people, longtime listeners may know, uh, they might have forgotten. I actually spent a decade plus in radio. And my dad said to me, he's like, well, you got a good voice for radio. Thanks, Dad. He said, you got a good face for radio, too. So, <laughs> John, you're not burdened by a face that needs to be hidden in a, a room with no windows. You uh, might be the handsomest person in your basement right now. Exactly. <laughs> What's good with thing the new you said rag, person because uh, Esther the dog is right next to me here. I did qualify it to the very yeah. maximum extent. Good job. Um, how are you, John? I what? I'm never how prepared for that question. Uh, I'm great. I'm wonderful. I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting when, uh, for a final. I'm waiting for a final draft of a book cover so I can publish this freaking book, and it's keeping me up. It's waking me up early in the morning because I know the guy that's the main project manager is overseas and he sends me emails at 4 a.m. And I wake up and I go, is it here yet? And then it's not there. And then I don't go back to sleep and manage your damage. Getting through all the types of trauma by John Johnston available on Amazon very soon. It's about Nebraska football. I think that's the only trauma that it's not about. <laughs> oh, but we are joined again, as I alluded to moments ago, by Brian Johans. Brian is going to uh, uh, break down the recent departures, who guys who uh, either had uh, expended all of their eligibility at the college level, like the Samari Torres, or guys who uh, are were confident enough at their abilities that they were uh, going to jump to the next level like a Cam Jurgens. We're going to break down a little bit of the combine, but most importantly, and likely because it was this week, so it's uh, most freshest in his mind, uh, the Nebraska Pro Day. So uh, Brian is here. We're going to talk about some of these uh, NFL prospects. Um, let's let's just obviously welcome you back to the show, Brian. It's great to see you. how you've been in the last uh, few weeks or months since we've talked. Well, pretty busy. I get this whole draft stuff going on. So trying to watch not only the, the Huskers, uh, but guys from, you know, the same position groups as them, some of the top players in the draft. So a lot of, a lot of film study, a lot of just gathering information. So um, it's always a very busy, but exciting time. Let's look at the last four or five weeks i guess since the combine which was you know i I don't know the exact date but middle to the end of february this is going to be a very general question but as far as the nebraska talent uh you know the the cam taylor brits and and the austin allens the the names that i've mentioned what has been the biggest surprise to you uh from from this class of, of athletes leaving Nebraska and, and, and looking to go pro, what, what has been the biggest surprise? I don't know if there's been a, a huge surprise. You know, Cam, Cam Jurgens was a guy that I knew was going to blow up at the combine. Um, I, maybe, maybe Cam Britt Taylor hit or Cam Taylor Britt. Um, I always get, I always flip it around lately. I don't know why. Um, I, I think his, his, not that I didn't think he was a bad athlete, but I didn't think he'd run as fast as he did at the combine. And then, and then even Austin Allen, I thought he did a lot better at the combine than I maybe anticipated. Um, not not saying that he was a a you know bad athlete, but 
he put up some numbers that I didn't really expect. So um, it was all positives, though. It was all positive things that you um, you're like, oh, hey, he's faster than I thought he was going to be. So that's always a good thing, rather than being like, oh, he ran a five oh forty yard dash. I mean, I thought he was going to run like a four seven. Get inside the mind of an NFL scout, GM, you know, front office personnel. What weighs more, the the combine and the and the, the measurables, the the things that you know, the the forty, the jump, the standing jump, the bench press, the the skill drills, or the game film? Like, is there is there one that's weighted more than the other? I mean, it's all part of a puzzle, and I think a lot of combine and these pro days i mean you get you know yesterday was not only nebraska's pro day but it was liberties and everyone's just fawning over malik willis because he threw like an 80 yard pass or something and it's like okay i knew he could do that i wanted to see can he hit the 10 yard pass because mm-hmm. when i watched him on film and so the, the nfl teams and, and i'm not a former scout i didn't work with an nfl team but from what i've learned and gathered you know, the film, the film is the most important. The character is the most important, you know, the combine's great and fun to watch. My, I mean, my kids just absolutely love it. They probably love the combine more than I do. And, but what's most important at that combine is the medical checks and the player interviews. And cause they, they see the film and a lot of the, the, the testing stuff is just to confirm what they see on tape, mm-hmm. you know, Everyone knew that Cam Jurgens was an you know, elite athlete for a center. Him going out and testing like that is not new to these NFL teams. So they want to, you know, check on his medical. You know, he came into Nebraska with a couple injuries uh, from high school. Um, they wanted to meet him, get to know him. And and I think that's, that's what's kind of the most important. This is all just kind of a few kind of check-in-the-box type things. Specific, specifically to Cam Jurgens, uh, the – teams that were that took the time to meet with him they were rewarded with some uh cam beef jerky <laughs> and and i mentioned that because after that story kind of broke or, or that little anecdote i went out and bought three packs of cam jerky's beef jerky and i ate two packs in back-to-back <laughs> nights like they're they disappeared and the only reason that uh, the, the last one hasn't been eaten yet is because it got buried under some stuff. Uh, so I just recently found it. It'll probably be gone. I got a, a lot of time in the vehicle tomorrow. It'll probably be a uh, road trip fuel for me tomorrow. Uh, but that's good stuff. Uh, I highly recommend uh, go out of your way to find some of Cam's beef jerky. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it, that, that made, you know, national news, that, that little, that little something special, you know, Help I mean, a little, out. a little sidebar. We talk about gas prices shooting up. How about beef jerky prices? I go to the store and there's like a little small container and it's like five bucks. But yeah, no, he, uh, that's a little tangent. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a great story. I, I've never heard, I've covered the NFL draft for over 10 years. I've never heard of a player bringing presents, gifts um, <laughs> like that to, to NFL teams. And it's genius. Not only is it, yeah. That's the thing is he's, you know, Cam Jurgens is in the top five pick. And so he's looking to make that impression and one not better than a, you know, offensive lineman from Nebraska bringing you beef jerky and you're going to, they're, oh, they're going to remember that. And it's just little things like that. It shows his personality. It shows his, you know, whatever. And, and teams love that stuff. They want guys who are, you know, outgoing and, you know, stuff like that. And and I think it was genius by him, whoever, if it was his idea or someone told him to do it, bravo. And in, in this day of, you know, the importance of social media, you know, having a little bit of a brand coming in is, is I imagine it's a big thing. And I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, the, the Dallas Cowboys, for example, and, and God, I hope he doesn't end up there. Um, but uh, they're not necessarily waiting, you know, like, most things are equal. Who's got more social, you know, who's got more Twitter, Twitter or Instagram followers, but you can come and you, you could bring your fan base to, you know, that, that team that you're drafted on. So it was ingenious. And like I said, that, that jerky was pretty tremendous. Uh, uh, just the right texture 
for jerky uh, and, and a good flavor. So, so let's stick with Cam Jurgens for a minute. I mean, he comes into Nebraska. Scott Frost makes him a center for like the first year. He was, you know, the snaps are all over. The second year, the snaps are a little better. Uh, I mean, he what did he get all Big Ten honorable mention last year? And then and now he's going to be gone to the NFL, and it's pretty obvious he's going to get drafted. I mean, why do you think he's leaving early? Because, I mean, he could come back next year and we wouldn't have to go find a good center. <laughs> I don't know personally. Um, I thought going into this offseason before he declared, I when the rumors were, were out there that he was thinking about going, I, I was hoping he would stay just because he was a guy that I thought if he continued his his development, he 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 was going. If he would have kept that up, I thought he could have been a first round pick. I mean, he's still developing, he's still learning the position, right. and he's playing at a high level in that have gone in the top twenty of the NFL draft. You know, uh, Garrett Bradbury went to the Minnesota Vikings. You know, a couple years ago from NC State, he was, you know, very similar to Cam Jurgens. Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa, very similar skill set, but Cam's bigger than than Linderbaum. And so I thought, you know, so you have to wonder: is the change in? I mean, I'm just speculating, but is the change in offensive line coaching is some of this maybe the struggles on offense? You know, there, there's there's been rumors out there, and I you know I don't want to talk about rumors that that I can't don't have confirmed. But you know, was there a disconnect between the coaches, and did he maybe meet with Riola and not have a good vibe? Maybe he thought, hey, you know what, I'm ready to move on to the NFL. Some some guys are just ready, you know. And so I've never been one to question like, oh, what's this guy doing? Um, but. You know, I think he, you know, he's going to, I think he's going to be a second round pick. That's my, that's my projection. That's my guess. I think he's going to be a late second is where I, his ceiling could be. I I still think that just because the center group's not that good and he's such an athlete. I think third round is probably another, you know, is probably the more likely where he's going to go, but he, he made a lot of a big name for himself and really showcased him. And I think when teams go back and they watch that tape, you're seeing so uh, people like me. What they do is they see this combine, and a lot of people, a lot of NFL draft analysts, probably never heard of Cam Jurgens before. And then they go out and they watch the film after the combine, and now you're going to start seeing Cam Jurgens pop up as the number two center, the number three center, and you're going to start seeing him mock draft a lot higher. And he wasn't a good player before. It's just because a lot of people hadn't seen him before. And, and so that's something to kind of keep an eye on. Where do you think he's going to go? Well, um, the the Bears coaching stat, the Bears offensive, oh. that tells you something. Um, the Jaguars guy was pretty interested in there. Um, and there was a couple other teams I can't remember off the top of my head, but there was there was four, four teams that were right there during the workout as pro day. So – um, I think those are teams that you really kind of have to keep an eye on. Anytime you send a position coach to work out a drill, you know, the the Bears need a center. And so, I mean, that's a possibility. Not the Bears. <laughs> One, uh, I want to go back to to kind of the question of at least speculating around or why he would have left. And maybe it has nothing to do with the coaching changes or anything like that. But, you know, oftentimes you hear – like running backs, they only have so many, you know, carries or so many yards that their knees are going to give you, uh, you know, it's like a, a, a biological clock for football players. Right. So, uh, you know, oftentimes you see like a lot of skill players will, will duck out early because they know, all right, I've got, you know, seven, six years, something like that to, to make money on, on these knees. I, with his uh, history of, of injury, I could foresee it being like, hey, you know what? I, I upwards trajectory. Uh, you know, we, we've continued to improve. Let's let's get out now. Let's show what we can do. Let's make our bank while, you know, again while while the ACL or while while the knees, you know, hold up uh, the the trunks of a Cam Jurgen. So, 
That's yeah, not, I mean, definitely the, the the tread on the tire is the the term that I always hear, uh, and definitely, I mean, that could very well, you know, he had got injured what his senior year of high school, mm-hmm. got injured that first year at Nebraska. I mean, that very well could be, and and you know, sometimes guys are just ready to move on. You know, college. You know, some people want to stay at, in college and play college football forever. Some are like, okay, I've done it, I'm ready to move on to the next level, and who knows? You know, I think without asking him. Um, you know, it's all just, you know, pure speculation at this point. I'm sure we'll hear later. No. After he's cleared the, you know, here's my paycheck. <laughs> ah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yep. So who's, who's, he's, is he going to be the highest draft? I mean, he's going to be the highest round two, round three is going to be the highest Husker drafted, right? Yeah. I think it, I think it's a competition between him, uh, Jojo Doman and, uh, Cambert Taylor. I think, um, I think Jurgens is going to go higher, um, but I could see Cam again. Cam Taylor, I've been I've been fine, and then this last like couple weeks, I just keep typing it wrong, and now it's messing me up. Um, I think Cam Taylor Britt's really done a great job this draft season of really elevating a stock. He played well. I was a little worried when he came back because I just did. You know, I've seen other cornerbacks that are similar to him come back for their senior year after a good junior year and then their their stock kind of goes lower um but he ended up coming back and having a better year and i think you know he's physical he could he's he's a versatile player he tested well you know the 40 yard dash doesn't matter to a lot of positions but cornerback it does so him running in those four you know in that four three area um, really helps him. And it wouldn't shock me if a team took him in the third round. A team that needs a corner, a physical guy, you know, he can play inside, he can play outside, he can play safety, and you need that versatility. And I think um, that could see him going, but it's probably going to be those two. I think Cam, both Cams are going to be your, your battling for the first Husker taken. I, I'm i glad we were able to move from one Cam to the other. Uh, <laughs> it, and like you, you said, he, he had a really strong senior year. The only, like, really glaring mistake uh, that I can, I can you know, or fault, you know, that, that I can really find that sticks out all these months later is that uh, season opening game against Illinois on that punt return. Uh, but that's d- definitely just a, a, a matter of, I think, you know, mental error. It's, it's not habitual, you know. Uh, and, and it's probably not going to be a situation that he's going to be put in at the next level. So, um, and I feel like Cam Taylor Britt has what all coaches and defensive back coaches want out of out of a cornerback or a, a safety. And he's got a little bit of swagger, a little bit of cockiness to him, uh, and and you need that edge, I think, uh, to play that position because that's, I mean, that's. That's why they're called shutdown corners. You know, they, they're, you watch them, you know, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, whatever. If, if they make a, a big play, we, we were fortunate enough to see it all those years uh, on Saturday afternoons. Uh, you know, there, there's just that little bit of, uh, oh, you know, a little cry in the crowd or, you know, our arms extended out, you know, swatting the ball away, things like that. And, and he's, he's got that and he's got the ability to back it up. So that, that's what's really exciting for me about Cam Taylor Britt. Where do you think yeah, he's just- going to go? Where or when? <laughs> yeah, where? Who to who? This is what matters to me. Is who's going to draft these people? Not those lousy Packers. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, hey, man. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, Shots fired. I don't know about I, – I, I'm, I'm going to cheat and not say a specific team. Um, I think <laughs> – I think he's – look for a team that runs a – and then I don't know if this matters to you, a cover three, you think of like the Seattle Seahawks, that style of defense where they have big physical corners um, that are fast. They're playing press covers. They're turning and running deep. Uh, that's the type of team that I think is going to love Cam Tiller. Um, some teams might view him as a safety. And so they might, you know, look at him as a strong safety, a guy that's going to, you know, because you look at safeties in the NFL, a good safety can uh, hit, run – no, that's linebackers. Um, they could be a force player in the run game. They can play single high, and they can match up man-to-man. And I feel, uh, if I look at Cam Taylor-Britt, he can he can be a force player in the run game. You can put him on the edge. 
you can, and he's going to come up and he's going to lay, lay the lumber. You know, he can match up in the slot. He can, you know, we haven't, you know, he's played some safety at Nebraska. So I think teams are probably going to look at him at corner first because that's a more premier position. Uh, but I think he could, in the right system, be an elite level safety. For the Packers. <laughs> okay, who's next? Probably JoJo. JoJo's probably the third guy that I think goes. JoJo's um, where I was going to go, go. <laughs> he's perfect for today's today's NFL. It's all – I like to call it a sub-package league. Be, you know, everyone's going to say it's a passing league. I, I like to go sub-package league because – Defenses, you know, we talk about a 4-3 defense, a 3-4 defense. Everybody's running their nickel defense. They're running four down linemen, two linebackers, five defensive backs. And so you need linebackers that can cover. And and JoJo, I think, is going to eventually – kind of going to be that hybrid linebacker safety. He'll probably start his career as like a dime linebacker, which is basically a safety in the box. And I think he's perfect for that because he he's he's going to match up in the slot. He's going to play tight ends. You know, we saw him against Penn State in the COVID year. Um, you know, shut down Pat Fryermuth um, to kind of help seal that win. Fryermuth goes on to the NFL last year and plays really well for the Steelers. Um, we've seen him play against other you know good slot corner slot receive slot receivers and hold his own. I mean. Pro Football Focus still has him listed as a cornerback, and they have him as one of their highest graded cornerbacks. Um, so he could play in coverage. I thought it was pretty cool that he, at the Nebraska Pro Day, he worked exclusively with the defensive backs, not with any linebacker drills. And he wasn't, you know, you could tell he was a little bit slower than the guys, but which was, was expected. But he was just as fluid um, in his turns, and he looked like a defensive back out there. So I think. You know, him in the NFL, he's going to play in space. He's going to be a linebacker. You know, he's going to be a space player, which which teams want. And I think um, that's only going to help his stock. He's probably not going to go higher because of that. Guys that are a little bit bigger and a little bit better against the run will probably go a little bit higher. Um, that's why he's probably more of a fourth, fourth-ish, fifth-round bottom, I think, for him. So it wouldn't shock me if he went in the third round. Um, but I think probably that fourth round is probably that middle ground. John, did you have something you wanted to say? No, I just, I, you know, I, I, I okay. Of Cam, we we went through two Cams and JoJo. I mean, which one of the, do you think these guys here are going to last in the league? I mean, do you think that they'll? Because Cam, I mean, he is upside. Seems like it's really hot, right? Which Cam? Yes, I'm Cam Jurgens. I'm sorry. Because he hasn't played the position that long. He's still going to learn. He's a tremendous athlete. And then, uh, I mean, the other Cam and JoJo, I mean, they both seem like they could have really good upsides too. I mean, and stick around for quite a while because of their versatility probably more than anything. And the thing that really matters is is fit and basically luck. I mean, really with injuries and that, you know, the guy, you know, we've seen – talented players get hurt initially and then their careers fizzle. Um, we've seen good players go to bad situations and they're end up out of the league. And so it's all about fit. And, you know, I think Jurgens has probably the highest ceiling. Um, Doman, I could see him, you know, if he doesn't get with a, a defensive coordinator that kind of knows how to use him, I could kind of see him maybe struggling to kind of find that, find that fit. Um, so maybe that's why Cam Taylor Britt might be the, the safest out of those three. Um, but gosh, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good safe pick in my opinion. We, so who, who, oh, go ahead, Greg. I think we're about to ask the same question, John, is where do you potentially see Jojo Doman landing? See, that's a tough one because hey, can we, can we talk, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I have to, can we talk about the abundance of riches that the Kansas city chiefs have now in, in, draft picks <laughs> and and doman doman's a guy that would fit that defense you know they like yeah. to go they're they're gonna be in a lot of high scoring games where their defense has to play in pass protection and they they've drafted some some bigger physical linebackers but they've also you know you look at a guy like daniel Sorensen from byu who's had a carved out a nice little role in that kansas city defense 
Jojo Doman's a similar type player where he's kind of like safety, but they kind of play him up towards the line, kind of a matchup player. Um, I can see the Chiefs, you know, like you said, they had an abundance of those day three picks. Um, wouldn't shock me, you know, they're looking to get younger on defense. It wouldn't shock me if Doman's their pick. Would they make you happy, Greg? No. I'm not a Chiefs fan. I, you know that. I'd be I'd be okay with the Chiefs because it's you know, it's not in the Packers division and my my wife seems to like Patrick Mahomes and I don't know. The Chiefs don't bother me. I have plenty of friends that are Chiefs fans and you know. Meh. <laughs> okay, who's next? I thought John, you tell me if I'm out of line here. I thought Austin Allen would be next. <laughs> what do you think of him? Are you talking about me or Brian? Brian. Oh, thanks. I guess you don't want my opinion, you bitch. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, he he's a very intriguing prospect. Um, obviously, he had a tremendous season. Um, Big Ten tight end of the year. Um, set what the career the single season record for for catches by a tight end receiving yards he had the highest re- uh, receiving yards in a game uh, for a tight end against Wisconsin uh, tremendous season I mean if you if you check Husker fans on Twitter they think he's the next Travis Kelsey uh, I'm not as high on on as Austin Allen as a lot of those fans um, I think he's going to be a good number two in the NFL. Um, I think he's probably going to be picked in that fifth or sixth round. Um, he's he's a he's a good blocker. Um, his height negates some of his leverage, um, so that you know he just needs to get a little bit stronger. Just by the nature, of, you know, sometimes he has to lean on guys, so you need a little bit uh, better upper body strength. Um, and then he's not, you know, he tested really well. Like I mentioned, it kind of surprised me because when I watched him on film, at times. He's a little uh, lumbering out into his routes and Nebraska tended to scheme him open. Whereas in the NFL, you're going to have to separate a little bit more. And when he runs, he likes the Nebraska love to run him on that kind of corner route where they'd release him out. And he did that real well because he didn't have to make sharp cuts. He kind of was able to round his routes out. And so if he, you know, that's good in college and he's going to get some catches kind of uh, sneaking out. Um, but I think he's um, he's a, I think he's going to be a good number two, and I think he'll be in the league for a while. We've seen, you know, other Huskers kind of have a nice little career as that backup, you know, number two tight end. And and in today's NFL, we're running um, a lot of two tight end sets. You know, the the fullback's gone for most of right. uh, these teams, and they're so you they're using that second tight end as kind of that pseudo fullback. And I mean, just look at Jack Stoll this past year for. The Eagles, he was their number three tight end, but he played a ton and he was a big part of their run game. So um, I think he's going to have a good, long NFL career. I don't know if he's going to be an elite tight end. You're probably not going to have him on your fantasy football team, but he's going to make a nice little career out of it. Let's talk a little bit about some of the the, the evolution of Austin Allen uh, moving forward. As you said, might have to get a little stronger. Uh, obviously, you know, he'll have plenty of time to do that. Uh, you know, and, and look, when you're a college football player, you know, it's your job to be a student athlete. When you're in the NFL, it's your job to be a football player. Uh, so it, it'll be a different training regimen. I, I don't see him, any issue with him putting on the necessary, you know, uh, strength. Um, I, I almost feel like that will hinder some of the you know, separation factor uh, as he's carrying around a bit more weight. But one of the things that has always impressed me about Austin Allen is his height and his ability to hold on to the football. Um, if if he's into a system where, uh, you know, he can take advantage of, of these assets, high point the football, things like that, I, I've always found that he had really reliable hands. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um and I, I should have a scouting report out. I'm hoping um, sometime soon. Um, and, and there's a couple clips that I, I put in my little uh, scattering report video that, you know, shows his just his ability. There was times that the Minnesota game, 
you know, we needed a first down. They threw it up and he caught it over the middle. Uh, Mich- no, that's Michigan, but he had another big catch against Minnesota over the middle where Adrian was able to just throw that ball up there um, and he could just go get that. And I think that's a big advantage as, you know, he's a former basketball player, so he knows how to use his body to kind of box out defenders. Um, and I think that will be to his advantage. Um, and, and so, like, yeah, like I said, I mean, he's going to be a nice, solid um, kind of secondary option out there in a lot of those routes, but you get the ball in his area and chances are he's going to come down with it. I feel like the further we go down the list, not disparaging to Austin Allen or any other, you know, prospects that we talk about, it's going to be more and more difficult to place them, um, you know, on a team. So uh, I don't know if we, it, John, do you want to burden poor Brian with the ask, where do you think he's going to end up? No, I already know he'll be a pack. <laughs> a lot of pa- there's a lot of Packers fans that want him. So yeah, I, I he would fit well there because then I wouldn't have to root against him. And I'm like, glad I'm like, not the know, only one. Like if he went to like play for the Vikings, then fuck that guy. <laughs> Just because I, he got picked by them, the hell with him. He's dead to me. See, I'm the same way. So I appreciate that we have that in common. Uh, you know, it, Vincent Valentine. You know, who uh, is from my neck. Now, it's uh, 15 miles, but because of all the stoplights, it's about a 35, 40-minute drive in Edwardsville, Illinois, is Vincent Valentine's hometown. And he got picked up and won a Super Bowl with the Patriots, but I couldn't celebrate that, you know. <laughs> and and I'll be honest with you, as much as it breaks my heart, because he's one of my all-time favorite Huskers, and then it's, you know, one of the biggest Husker names ever. Uh, I with Tom, When Tom Brady went to Tampa, I couldn't celebrate Levante David or Ndamukong Zoo's successes. I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> Such is my hatred for that man. Wow. You're still triggered by this. Not triggered. We're not going into this again. We're not going. <laughs> we're moving on from the Tom Brady thing. All right. Who Who's next? I don't know. Samari Toure. Samari there Toure. you go. Samari Toure. I even he, mentioned uh, him earlier and I already forgot. Sorry. I wouldn't be shocked if Toure went ahead of Allen. Um, I was surprised that Toure didn't get invited to the combine. I think there's just the wide receiver class is so deep. On average, there's about 30 to 35 receivers taken in a draft. Um, I think Toure is one of the top 35 receivers in this, in this draft. Uh, he, you, you know, we saw what, you know, at Montana, he was ultra productive. He set a record for most yardages, yards in a playoff game comes into Nebraska looking to prove himself. And he held his own more than held his own in the big 10 um, gave Nebraska a big play weapon. Um, there were several times I was frustrated that they didn't target him more. Um, but he held his own and then he goes to the, the East West shrine game, which is the, um, the, you know, you have the, you have the senior bowl, which is the premier all-star game and the shrine games right below it. And he was one of the best players there. And he, he played well there, scored two touchdowns. And then you come to the, the pro day and I was impressed with him. Um, you know, ran in the low four fours, he in all his drills, he looked smooth. He looked fast. He looked explosive. Um, I think if a team's looking for a down the field threat, and he's a great late round option. I know um, Jacob Infante, who writes uh, for one of the Bears sites, is like the biggest Samari Toure fan, hoping that he goes to the Bears. So um, I, 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 I definitely, you know what, for that guy, I'll I'll just say. You know, if you go to the Bears, I'm just happy that you got drafted because I, I'm not such an angry, vile person like Greg who gets triggered by Tom Brady that I don't want these guys to, you know, I hope that they go out and they make the money by getting drafted, even if it's to a team I absolutely can't stand, like the Vikings or the Bears. You know, nobody can't stand Detroit because they're not even worth it. But, you know, but I hope, you know, if – Torrey ends up on the Bears. I'll just go. Oh, I hope he catches some passes, but loses all the time. He gets paid for losing. You okay, Greg? Your face should freeze like that. Your mother should tell you that more often. 
I'm sorry, I cut you off, Brian. You were saying more about some. You're an ass, John. <laughs> yes. Is this, is this where I tell John that I'm a Bears fan? Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Nobody's a Bears fan. There aren't real Bears fans. They're just like, uh, I don't know, they're forced into it by birth or their parents blackmail them, brainwash them. My dad's a Bears fan. That probably. Okay, see, there you go. See, there you go. I, I will but... tell you this story about one years ago, one of the first NFL games I went to in Minnesota was against the Bears. And I went with a friend of mine who was a very intoxicated. And he started yelling at some Chicago fans. And I tried to yell something funny to defuse the situation. And a man wanted to kill me. And I it was at that moment, I realized that uh, this is not like the Minnesota Green Bay fans, where they mostly are having fun, but they're not going to kill each other. The <laughs> Chicago and Minnesota fans will kill each other if they have the chance. If they were all cooped up in a room, they'd all be dead when somebody opened the door. My only NFL game I've ever been to is a Vikings-Bears game on Sunday night football, so you know they've been drinking all day. And I I almost saw a fight, and a guy ripped off – He got it got defused, but he ripped off his shirt and said, uh, beers, bears, and brats. And I'm like, I want that shirt so bad. <sighs> okay, where are we at with the Husker NFL guys? Samari Trey, do we think anybody else is up? I mean, anybody else – there was uh, – Daniels, Damian Daniels, Ben Stilley, uh, Deontay Williams, and Mark Eldismuke are the other guys. I would lean port- towards them all being undrafted. Okay, uh, Stilley, Stilley wouldn't shock me. Um, but the problem is when you get to the end of the NFL draft, the, the, especially the seventh round, they're not technically taking the next best players. They're taking the guys with the most upside. They're taking flyers is what they're doing. So they're looking at, oh, hey, this guy was a former five-star recruit. He never really clicked in the in college. Let's take a shot on him. Hey, here's this small school guy. Let's take a shot on him. So you might have a Ben Stilley or Damian Daniels. Uh, or I, I'm, I really like Deontay Williams. Um, they might be better than those guys but they don't get drafted just because the teams are just trying to hit a home, you know, just hit a home run with that seventh round pick, which usually doesn't happen. But, and, and yes, you want to be drafted, but sometimes being an undrafted free agent is better because you get a pick where you get a go. And so, you know, I, I look at Damian Daniels, he, he had his best year this past year, but he's, he's kind of a limited player. He's a, run stuffing defensive tackle. And so those guys aren't as valued. And so he's probably not going to be drafted, but there's a good chance if he goes to a good fit in the NFL, he's got, you know, a five, six year career and he's got a nice pension that he can live off of for the rest of his life. What's what is the league minimum for a guy like that? I think if I remember right a few years ago, because, um, I think a practice squad guy was made. I think a practice squad make guy makes like 500 K yeah. a year. Okay. And That's so, and nowadays you have, you can, they can pull guys from the practice squad back and forth. We saw that this past year, like DiCaprio Boodle would be on the, you know, get activated the week of the game, play the game and then get put back on the practice squad. So I think that'll, and they expanded the practice squads um, by a, a few more guys. So guys are able to stay on it longer um, used to be only like you can only be like a couple years in the league and then you can't be on the practice squad anymore. Nowadays, veterans can be on it. So um, I think that makes some of these guys, gives them more life. And, you know, if you can get, you can get to six years, you're set. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, I think half a million would be more than I make this year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen my paycheck in years. It just goes into some account. My wife does takes it. Gives me a few dollars here and there. This may be a bold (laughs) statement. Half a million may. And I say this with like a little asterisk because I don't know exactly what you do during the day, Brian, but maybe more than the three of us make combined annually. Well, I don't. I don't make. I don't make John money, but <laughs> nobody makes getting, John money. You're just getting depressing. What's no. next? 
Uh, I mean, for what's next for the player? Next, what's next in this process? No, I mean, have we run through all the NFL Husker players that could get drafted? Um, yeah, I think the guy and got to the unrestricted, un, undrafted free agents. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Deontay Williams is a guy that I th- I think is a, another one. He's going to be a special teams player. Um, you know, and I think for some players, they just need that little niche to get on a team. You know, we've seen him at Nebraska. I, I he was one of my favorite players on the defense. I, I know JoJo was a stud. Um, the linebacker, the young linebackers are great. Cam was uh, Taylor Britt was awesome, but I really liked Deontay Williams. Um, and he's a guy that I think it wouldn't shock me. You know, we, who would have thought Brett Qualve would have played in the league for as long as he did? Who would have right. thought that some of these guys have stuck around? And I could see, you know, you, you know, we've got Josh Joshua Kalu still playing in the league. Um, Chris Jones still playing in the league. Deontay Williams, I think, is going to be one of those guys. Five years from now, when I'm maybe still doing the Huskers in the NFL, um, he'll be a guy that that's that's still there, and I'm having to watch – and, and dig through the, the the transcript to see if he actually played or not or he, how many special teams tackles he had. But I think he's he's a guy that kind of fits that mold. He's a good athlete. He's a physical player. He's going to be, I think, a good special teams player. And so it's all about continuing that development and finding a, a, having a coach that really likes him that maybe he can follow around to a couple different teams. And uh, once again, just, you know, make a living out of playing football. I think Nick Gates is the guy that comes to mind. Wasn't that? Am I getting the name right? He was like a tackle under Callahan. Was that right? Played no, he Orleans? was. He was under. Uh, he was. Was he Riley? Because he can't. Uh, yeah, he was from Las Vegas, and he was a tackle. Yeah, but then he uh, he's played center this past year for the Giants and got was their starting center before he had a really bad knee injury. And I'm thinking, but there was a lineman under Callahan that lasted a lot longer than I. Oh, uh, Carl Nix. Yes, that's it, Carl Nix. He he stayed around for quite a while, and I think yeah. he had a decent NFL career. If I'm yeah, right. he he had a huge contract to go yeah. to the Bucks and then got MRSA, and it was never the same. MRSA. It's like An some infection. infection. Yeah. Oh, really? Like the whole, they had like a couple guys get it in the facility. They had like kick everyone out and like deep clean it and oh wow i don't yeah it was he never recovered from that head is like foot or something so it's a uh, MRSA is a uh, uh strain of uh staphylococcus aureus oh. i was gonna say anything that anything with the caucus in it is not good <laughs> it's been it, it's caused more than 100,000 deaths uh in in 19 in, 2019 MRSA. It, it's it's a it's a bad deal it's a bad so, deal should we go over just any nfl news just because like uh you know baker mayfield and has, has anything has anything happened lately <laughs> what what do you think of that i i like watching kansas city because i mean when you watch the nfl here's the thing and i've said this on previous podcasts the NFL in the last two years since the pandemic became a lot bigger deal in my life uh, for our family because, well, honestly, let's be honest. I mean, Nebraska football sucks and my kids don't want to watch it. And the NFL kept playing during the pandemic, so we would all get together for NFL games. And then you look at what's going on in the league and you've got uh, that one guy that should have retired but then didn't <clears throat> that makes people angry and get all triggered and freaked out. And then the goat? there's – and then, the, yeah. then there's that other guy Brian. who stays with the green and gold team and everybody's like, where is he going? Where is he going? Where is he going? Oh, no, he's staying there. And then he's doing therapeutic vomiting, apparently. Should have retired. Yeah, and except that he's really, really good. And, and then, you know, I, I mean, the NFL became a huge part of my life. And I like watching the Kansas City Chiefs just because you looked at Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes – these are some amazing offenses and probably some of the best NFL quarterback play we've ever seen. And I've been around a long time, you guys. 
<laughs> so it's it's exciting, you know. It's really fun to watch this. It's not the same old everybody's running the West Coast offense shit and pretending they're running different offenses now. But uh, I don't know. Now everyone's just there. running the Shanahan offense. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, you got Baker Mayfield's out at Cleveland. Deshaun Watson's coming in. Tyreek Hill. Why in the hell did they trade Tyreek Hill? Just because they could get eighty three draft picks. <laughs> uh he was going to be due for a big contract. He already got like 150 million from a new deal with the Dolphins. Um I think they just looked at it and said he's you know his he, he's he's further he's closer to being done than he is being, you know, he's at the tail end of his his uh prime is the word I was trying to spit out. Um and I think he was due for a big contract and with Mahomes, you know, your, your quarterback's going to dominate your cap. And that's one of the biggest reasons that, that your Packers don't have Devontae Adams anymore is because you don't want two players to dominate your cap. And I think the Chiefs feel that they can, you know, there's never going to be another Tyreek Hill, but I think they feel that they can develop and, and get guys. When you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, you can – get by without you know you still have travis kelsey they they signed juju smith schuster by the way how fitting is it that juju smith schuster tiktok receiver is now going to be paired up i can't wait for the jackson mahomes uh juju smith tiktok collaboration um but he i think and I everyone think just, will hate everyone will hate right <laughs> Yeah, and now and now the Chiefs have back-to-back picks at the end of the first round. They might be able to package the that one of those and that and move up and either get Jamison Williams from from Alabama or Chris Olave from Ohio State and, and to kind of fill that speed role. And um, I mean, they'll be fine as long as they have a healthy Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid as their head coach. They're going to be one of the Super Bowl favorites. And right. I think they just said, "Hey, we don't we don't want to pay him." we can get five draft picks, including a first round pick. Let's, let's just pull the trigger. Do you, do you think Baker Mayfield, my take on Baker Mayfield, my, the rotten son hates Baker Mayfield, thinks he's terrible. My position on Baker Mayfield is uh, he's, he's not an elite quarterback. He's certainly not among the best, like even top 10, maybe top eight, but he's not a shitty quarterback either. I mean, do you think he's getting screwed over in Cleveland or can you get screwed over in Cleveland? I mean, the best thing you can do in Cleveland, get the fuck out of there, isn't it? I mean, he he did lead them to a playoff victory, which, I mean, a couple of years ago, would you ever think that the, the huh. Browns are going to win a playoff game? Um, I mean, he – I was never a huge fan of his game. Um, I think he's a middle-of-the-road starting quarterback. It's just – I think, you know, when Chris Mortensen reports that the team wants a grown-up at the quarterback position, they're not getting that from Baker Mayfield's agent. They're probably getting that from the owner or the general manager. And uh, so I think they maybe just felt like they had hit their cap with them and they had a chance to go out and get Sean Watson, all 22 civil suits and all. <laughs> and... Just see, they decided so what he get two hundred thirty million dollars. Two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed. Just that's just that's like insane. That is well, crazy, people. This is why Cleveland is such a shitty, horrible everything. Just think about this though: when you guarantee money to players in the NFL, you have to have that on hand. So Jimmy Haslam has to put that two hundred fifty million dollars in an escrow account to pay him. So it's not like, hey, we're just going to pay him over time. He has to set aside. I just can't imagine my life of just saying, oh, hey, here's $250 million. I'm just going to put it over here and not worry about it. It'd be like if you captured some oligarch's yacht <laughs> and said, you're going to just have this for playing quarterback. I don't know. It's just bizarre. I saw that and I was like, the whole lawsuit thing isn't settled yet. So He's going to get suspended too. Yeah, <laughs> I you know, and then they make that. Then they do use that line. We want an adult. Well, well let's go get Sean Watson. What, what the hell? I just that whole thing. Just I guess I. Who knows what people make decisions and when they're in isolated or something? I don't know. 
I guess we found out from the world when you do that, you're, you're a little bit off. <laughs> but uh, what else? Tyreek Hill, what are, any other news? I mean, we had a lot of a lot of changes around, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, um, acquisitions and in, in trades and things like that. Well, there was the other big news. Just how bad Urban Meyer was. <laughs> I mean, this guy was I mean, if you talk to Ohio State people, I think they kind of know that Urban Meyer was a son of a bitch or Florida people, but you know, he won a lot and he won national titles. So he didn't go so far as to be a complete disaster. Like he was for the, who was it? The Jags, right? Uh, I just, the, the stories coming out about him and how terrible he was and how uninformed and what the, it was like, he just went off, you know, like off his rocker off. So I guess that's another shocking story. I don't know. Anything else we got for the NFL? I mean, Russell Wilson got traded um, to the Broncos. Broncos fans have to be happy. I I know a Broncos fan that was just like, yeah, I'm not really a fan. Now he's all on board. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just been a crazy off season, you know, quarterback dominoes falling, you know, we had, you know, two high profile quarterbacks get traded, you know, Baker Mayfield's still going to get traded, but who is that going to be too? We have probably the worst quarterback draft we've seen in the last 10 years um, for the NFL draft. Um, so it's, it's going to be an, it, the, the NFL draft is going to be very fascinating this year, just because there's not a lot of, there's no Trevor Lawrence's there's no Jadavian Clowney's there's no, uh, I'm going to steal this term. For, yeah. I'm going to steal this term from, uh, um, Dane Brugler of the athletic, no presidential talent. There's no elite guy out there. No, no stud. And it, it makes it open. I mean, who knows what the Jaguars are going to do with that number one pick. Usually by now we, we have it set in stone right. and half the time, you know, the top three already. Um, and so it's going to make it, there's not elite talent. So usually, usually you only have about like 15 to 20 true first round talents. And then everybody after that is, is all second round talent. And you have a lot more, you, you probably only have about 10 guys this year, 11 guys that are true first round talents. So it's, it's for a guy that like me that likes to have an accurate mock draft, it's going to be like it's super high anxiety for me as I try to f- figure that out. Who is, who are the like top three quarterbacks you think? Oh, geez. Um, top three quarterbacks. <laughs> hey, Brian. We lost your audio again. They're just not so good that I don't even know. Uh, Matt Corral is my number two, and then I have Sam Howell, number three. Um, Malik Willis. It? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, we lost your audio when you when I right after I asked you the question. Probably because I went off the. Can you hear me now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I had to go check my rankings because they're just not that good. I you know usually it's like oh Trevor Lawrence one, Justin Fields two. Um, so I I have Kenny Pickett number two, Matt Crow number three, Sam Howell four, and, and uh, Malik Willis. Malik Willis four, Sam Howell three. Um, Malik Willis is probably going to be maybe the first quarterback taken, but he is a complete work in progress. He's got a huge cannon for an arm. He's a, he's a good athlete. Um, but I, I, when I watched him, I struggled to see his accuracy in the short to intermediate throws. And those are supposed to be the layups. And so, um, Kenny Pickett is a guy that can be like a Baker Mayfield where he's, he doesn't have elite talent, but he can just distribute the ball. But he's got a very limited – I mean, his upside and, – and I don't want to disparage Kirk Cousins because I think he's a solid, good starting NFL quarterback, right. but that's Kenny Pickett's ceiling. And when your ceiling is only like a middle-of-the-road NFL starter, I mean, that tells you tells you what this draft class looks like at quarterback. Wow. And then, Brian, I, don't, I, don't, I think we had some technical uh, difficulties. Who, do you, who was your number one? Number one quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, Kenny Pickett. Okay, for whatever reason, I, I said he was number two, so I didn't. I didn't. Oh, uh, I'm not, I probably could have mumbled through my words, but he. Hey, uh, okay. I I only have a third round grade on him, and so I mean wow. my grade my grades are my grades, but 
I don't have, like I had last year, like Trevor Lawrence was my highest, greatest player I've ever scouted in, in 11 right. years. Um, Justin Fields, Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. I all had like, I had first round grades on Mac Jones. I had a third round grade on like a high third round grade. And I have Kenny Pickett significantly lower than him. So, um, it, it's not a good class. So if you need it, that's why, and that's another reason why we're seeing so many moves. Why you're seeing the Rams trade for Matt Ryan is because who are they going to take in the draft? Right. Wow. That's a good point. I never thought of that. Another one that we did not mention while we're talking about quarterbacks shuffling around was Pittsburgh picking up Mitchell Trubisky, former Bear. Now, um where i thought it was i thought it was a genius move um draft draft underscore brian on on youtube um i don't think mitchell trubisky is a great quarterback but the what i talked about in that video was that the thing about the steelers is last year it was no secret that they wanted Najee harris from alabama the running back everybody and their dog knew that that's who they wanted that's who they ended up trading this year, it's no secret that they want Malik Willis from Liberty. Well, as I said earlier, Malik Willis is not ready to come into the NFL right away. And the rumor and the the, the talk is that they want to, the Steelers want to kind of model their offense after, over kind of like what the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson, where they take Malik Willis and they use him as a runner initially as they continue to develop him as a passer. Like, you know, and the Ravens have done an excellent job of that with Lamar Jackson. So the reason I like the Mitchell Trubisky, long story short, is I think they'll be able – Trubisky's not a bad athlete. Um, I was mad that Matt Nagy didn't run Mitchell Trubisky more, um, mainly because he couldn't complete a pass. But I think that you can install your offense with what you want Malik Willis to do and run it with Mitchell Trubisky so when Malik Willis does take over – you're not having to change everything on the fly. When the, when the Ravens did it, they had you know, Joe Flacco, who was a statue in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And then they had to, they flipped to Lamar, who they're running option and, and zone read. And it was a big change. Now, in the NFL, it's a lot easier to do that. But I think the Steelers can insert Trubisky as that that bridge, and but run the offense that Malik Willis is going to eventually run. So that's why he's I like it. He's saying this just to make you feel better, Greg. If they – draft if they get their wish and they draft uh, uh, Malik then I think they'll have something like seven quarterbacks (laughs) it's a very busy quarterback room in uh, the Steel City but uh, I don't know if we got much more uh, to talk about uh, as far as NFL news and notes which is something that we don't usually do but it's the offseason and as we discussed last week uh, it is a wild card. It is a crapshoot. There's no Todd this year or me, this week to give dating tips. Uh, <laughs> John, do you have any parenting advice that what? you want to lay down? Uh, no, I no, not really. <laughs> not unprepared anyway. No, I, I was I was unprepared for this. I could That's probably okay. say some stuff about my rotten son, but no, uh, we'll save we'll, it. Well, this was a good. It was a you know we mostly stuck to one topic, and I think we covered it pretty well. Thanks to I owe, I owe it all to you, John. <clears throat> Your parenting skills? No. <laughs> Keeping this show on topic this week. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> As for uh, the man who dropped all the knowledge. Uh, we got to thank Brian, uh, uh, Joe Hans again, uh, draft underscore Brian, uh, on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, where all can, uh, people Facebook. Find I'm, I'm on, I'm on Facebook for the older crowd. Um, uh, actually, actually Facebook mean older crowd. Well, that's what I always thought. That's what the kids say. Um, but, uh, but I was always like, I thought Twitter was everything. And then I realized that like, in the grand scheme of things, Twitter has so few more less people than like Facebook does. So right. I've kind of pivoted to that. Um, I, I am on TikTok. I don't post as many videos on there. Um, that's mainly where I get cooking ideas, but, um, but I am on there. All social media is at draft underscore Brian, but make sure you check out that. Make sure you check that out. And Hey, while you're perusing on the internet, 
you gotta go to <laughs> beef jerky j-u-r-g-y.com and get some cam jurgens beef jerky they also have various uh, uh uh apparel ideas yep. shirts polos hats uh uh can coolies I, I know that's a regional term they're they're called something different uh in koozies koozie okay. okay sorry uh i'm from illinois we call them coolies where i come from man <laughs> southeast nebraska it's a koozie well southeast nebraska <laughs> Uh, is southeast nebraska it's a regional <laughs> dialect right it's like you know there there's coke there's pop there's uh soda uh it's you know you, you gotta you gotta give yourself the brian cheese so uh but check it out it is really tremendous uh, uh beef jerky uh, i highly recommend it and you can help a, a husker out uh now that he's signed on and and uh make, making a name for himself get get some apparel get some swag and uh, get some delicious beef jerky. So, Brian, want to thank you for joining us. John? What? <laughs> it's getting late, man. What do you want from me? <laughs> this is not that late compared to some of our other recordings. Oh, I want that's you to know. true. It's it not even 10 o'clock yet. No, whatever. It's, Just because uh, you're old and bitter. Yeah, bitter. All right. <laughs> so, for our fearless leader, John Dam Johnston, I'm Greg Mahachko, reminding you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red! Brian? Go Big Red. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Okay.